Welcome to Live Vedanta, a podcast where we explore simple living and high thinking. Each week, we join Vivek Gupta as he offers insights on bringing the divine into the daily. Vivekji has experienced much of what the world has to offer, whether it is attending an elite business school or traveling to almost 50 countries. However, tired with the inconsistent and incomplete peace associated with these pursuits, he decided to turn his journey within. Over the last decade, Vivekji has shared his observations on the signs of independent joy with communities across North America and beyond. After our special Shivaratri episode, we return to our study of the 18th chapter of Srimad Bhagavad Gita. This episode continues our Finding Calmness and Chaos series. In particular, we review what we've learned about the first four verses, and then we jump to verse 20 to unpack it carefully. Let's tune in. Raja Dashrata's first wife, Mother Kaushalya, and his second wife, Mother Sumitra, was the second wife, and the third, not Mother Kaike. Raja Dashrata had 365 wives, the 365th was Mother Kaike. She was the youngest, she was the most beautiful, which is why her name comes into the three mothers, because Raja Dashrata had a special attraction to her. Raja Dashrata was unable to have a child with Mother Kaushalya, Mother Sumitra, and so more and more and more queens, more Ranis were brought into the fold and even with Mother Kyaike, he still was unable to have a child. And he's the Raja of Ayodhya. It's imperative that there be a child. And when he hit the ground that even now there's no child, that's when he approached Rishi Vashishta, the Kula Guru, and said, without your grace, we will never have a child. Until then, he had not approached Rishi Vashishta. And Rishi Vashishta smiled and said, go and see Rishi Shingi. And there is a yagna that was performed and the payasam that came. Half of that payasam was given to Mother Kaushalya. One quarter was given to Mother Keike. Though, if you go by seniority, she did not deserve that quarter. And Mother Sumitra got an eighth and an eighth. And that makes up all of the prasada that gave birth to Bhagavan Rama. Shri Bharata, Shri Lakshmana, Shri Shatrugna. Now you're all thinking, we're here trying to find calmness in chaos and you're telling us about in vitro fertilization. <laughs> what this symbolizes is Raja Dashrata was trying to find peace in the wrong way. He was trying to find peace in extrovert ways, 
first wife, second wife, wife, 363 more wives. And finally, when he came to the honesty that happiness or peace cannot be found outside, he went to his Kula Guru. He went to the guide who knows where happiness is, and that guide led him to happiness because Bhagavan Rama was born into his life. As long as we depend on the environment for what we need. Happiness is not a want. We sometimes poetically say that, but that's not true. Is water a want or a need? Need. You can't change the need for water, hence it's a need. Is wearing Ralph Lauren glasses a want or a need? And so on. These are not Ralph Lauren glasses, but giving you an example. You can change that. You can go to glassesusa.com or whatever company to get glasses. Better is go to India. It's really cheap over there. Happiness is our DNA. Happiness is our coding. We can't change our thirst, our movement towards happiness. This is a need. And as long as we depend on the environment to fulfill this need, there will only be, in resonance you should all be saying, chaos, aka what our lives are now. <laughs> but when we are honest, like Raja Dashrata, and it took him a long time, when we are honest, we will start to become independent of our environment. And the more independent we become of our environment, the more we find in resonance, calmness, quietude, stillness, and finally, silence. Calmness leads to this silence. Rishi Patanjali in the Yoga Sutras says that yoga is not about changing the world. Yoga is about changing yourself. All of us, when we listen to the news about what happens and has happened in Florida, what is happening in Syria, what is happening in politics, what's happening in corporations, all of us want to try to change all of that. That's what this lecture series is about. But it's not. Pujaswami Chinmayananda, a scientist of self-development, has shared it is through individual perfection that world perfection is achieved. You cannot help what's happening in Florida, Syria, politics, uh, the ec economy, without finding that calmness within oneself first. You can only share what you have. We are here to change ourselves. Prince Arjuna, the guide we're using to find calmness, to change ourselves, our guide is Bhagavan Krishna and he's speaking through Srimad Bhagavad Gita. Prince Arjuna is not suffering from an ability crisis. He has the best weapons from Bhagavan Shiva, from his father, Indra. He is Bhagavan Krishna as his charioteer. He's not suffering from an ability crisis. Neither are we. We've gone to great schools, we have great homes, we have healthy kids, we live in a safe environment. There's heating in this room. 
We are like Prince Arjuna in that way. But Prince Arjuna is experiencing confusion and fear and sorrow. Why are we having a mental health workshop tomorrow? Because that's what we're experiencing too. And Bhagavan Krishna guides him not towards developing ability, but he addresses his identity crisis. It's not an ability crisis. This is an identity crisis. And I'll share some insights into this. My grandparents, so two generations above me, I believe they had an identity crisis around the age of, say, 50, generally, okay? 50 years old, they looked into that makeup mirror and said, what was I doing for 50 years? Then the generation above me, my parents, I think, had an identity crisis around 45. It was sooner. My generation, I feel my friends and people I know of this age, have an identity crisis when they're 40. And now we're all thinking, that's sad. Conversely, that's a blessing, isn't it? If you want to go to San Jose, and so you start driving, but you keep seeing signs for Seattle, the sooner you see that sign, the sooner you realize you have an identity, you have a driving crisis. Stop and turn around, right? Save gas, save time. An identity crisis is actually a blessing in one's life. Through God's grace, my identity crisis happened when I was 23. I was at the ashram when I was 24. And then you can move. You're no longer stuck. Prince Arjuna's identity crisis is that he is a son, that he's a grandson. And Bhagavan Krishna is trying to teach him that he is happiness. When you apply for a job and they say, what is your name? Do you write Ananda? <laughs> That's what you are. And I shared this briefly yesterday. I'll share in more detail today. I think a lot of us may be tired of this word Ananda. You keep saying we're Ananda. We're mad that we're not Ananda. What are our three greatest fears? Again, fear of death. Fear of unknown and fear of... It's not failure. Many people say public speaking or failure, but that's not true. Who is someone who is famous, who has failed a whole lot in his lifetime? Famous for failing. Thomas Edison, correct? He failed and failed and failed, but succeeded and succeeded and succeeded. Why he succeeded is he never attached sorrow to failure. We all attach sorrow to failure, so we don't want to fail because with failing comes the experience of sorrow. Public speaking is a fear of ours because we're afraid of failing, but really we're not. It's the sorrow that comes with that. So our three fears are death, unknown, and sorrow. Now think some more. Who are you least afraid of? Who are you afraid of the least? Yourself. You only fear that which is different. What's the opposite of death? Life or existence, in Sanskrit we call that Sat. What's the opposite of the unknown? Known or awareness, in Sanskrit we call that Chit. The opposite of sorrow, 
joy or ananda. So when you hear that your nature is ananda, every moment you're afraid of sorrow is teaching you that your nature is not sorrow. We are all experiencing an identity crisis and we need to be guided by someone who does not have an identity crisis. His name is Achuta. Achuta means fallen or confused. Achuta, stable, confident. Bhagavan Krishna has taught us in the first shloka of Srimad Bhagavad Gita's chapter 18, with Prince Arjuna's question, what is the difference between sannyasa and tyaga? The question is, how am I supposed to experience this independent joy once and for all? Prince Arjuna is now sensitive enough that he knows that joy is not outside, but he's not so clear if it's within himself. So he's asking this question, what do I have to let go of to hold on to this independent joy? You've heard of that saying, the devil is in the details. You've all heard that before. The extension of that would be, divinity is in the details. When we have a general understanding that we're happiness, we don't feel it. But when this is, uh, there's a detailed analysis, and this comes to life more, Prince Arjuna's question is very specific about what is the means and what is the ends. And our sutra to remember shloka one without looking at your notes, that's the whole point of a sutra is to remember. <laughs> what is our sutra? Invest in independence. Arjuna's question is, what is the means, what is the ends? And slowly Bhagavan explains that sannyasa is independent joy. Tyaga is practicing independent joy, where you start to let go of dependent joys. So the more I invest in independent joy, that's the more tyaga that I engage in. In Shloka 2, Bhagavan Krishna shares, sannyasa is when you're no longer focused on doership, but that's the ends, the means to getting there is to not focus on deservership. Start with letting go of deservership, slowly we will train ourselves to let go of doership, that sense of separation. In chapter 5, sannyasa is introduced. The beginning stages of sannyasa is having less likes and dislikes. So when you are um, at your workplace and suppose you eat at the cafeteria and food is served there, mashed potatoes, macaroni and cheese, whatever it is, having less likes and dislikes, your sannyasa has begun. With the weather, it's supposed to be sunny till Sunday, but if it's not sunny on Sunday, no likes and dislikes. Think about how strong our likes and dislikes are, even the people you're sitting with, isn't it? The beginning of sannyasa is to have less likes and dislikes. And a practical way to live this, if likes and dislikes are here, 
a more concrete like and dislike is love and hatred. I love you, I hate you. That's much more intense than disliking someone, correct? So how do I go above this? Preferences. Preferences. Going back to food, if you go to a Mexican restaurant and you have a choice between burritos and enchiladas, you have a preference. Enchiladas because they're saucier, right? Oh, we ran out of enchilada sauce, so there's a burrito. If you're living by preferences, you're not shaken by that because you're not dependent on the environment. Preferences are fun. I wear a gray sweater instead of a brown sweater. But you're not depending on that. So be aware of likes and dislikes. The Sutra for Shloka 2, live to share. Someone who has a lot of likes and dislikes, they're high maintenance. So they have no energy to help others. But when someone goes to preferences, they become low maintenance. Not low standards, low maintenance. So they actually have the time, the energy, to help others. And the more that I live to share, the less deservership I have, the less doership I have. In Shloka 3, Bhagavan Krishna shares with Prince Arjuna, someone who is independently joyous, they have no more responsibility to the world because they're not taking anything from the world. But someone who is dependently joyous, they're still taking from the world, so they have responsibilities to the world. They should act in the form of samskaras. Do you remember what samskaras or samskara means? Samskara means well acted upon. When I'm engaged in action with the vision of yajna, dana, tapa, I want to change, I'm practicing change, I'm dedicated to change. When my attitude is like that in my actions, then I become more and more free, less and less shaken by my environment. In Sanskrit, this is encapsulated as yathadrishti, tathasrishti. And sharing this a little bit differently, if you think you're being egotistical, the rule of thumb is you are being egotistical. If you think you're overeating, you are overeating. Correct? See, I can be engaged in giving these discourses, but if in my mind, look at all the people that came to listen to me. I know so much. There is no transformation. I'm devolving in this process. See, it's not about the action. It's about the attitude within that action. So you can be someone who's a butcher. We have examples of butchers in our scriptures, and they're the most pure people. Sri Kabir was full out illiterate, but he loved himself and people so much. It's not about, again, how you look. It's about how you look inside. And the sutra for three was, shloka three, follow the leader. This is someone who is independently joyous. How did they get there? Follow that same path. 
and we completed our thought in Shloka 4 where Bhagavan Krishna says, definitively, you have to practice Tyaga. Letting go is hard, isn't it? Especially family, especially as kids leave your home. I remember the first year that I went to university, every time I left home, my mother cried. So I'd come home for the break and leave again and she'd cry again. And I'd ask her, what did you expect me to do? <laughs> Didn't you want me to go to university and, and carry on with my li life? But that idea of letting go that you're not at home anymore, I can't see you every day, and on and on and on, it's hard to let go. It's hard to let go of the idea that we're not growing older. Correct? Our back hurts more, our knees hurt more. You have to let go that I can't run like I used to run. I can't digest like I used to digest. Letting go is difficult, which is why Bhagavan Krishna is sharing there's an evolution in letting go. Not a revolution. It doesn't happen like this. Construction is evolutionary. Destruction is revolutionary. Building friendships requires a lot. Breaking friendships, it's one word, one sentence. So Bhagavan is introducing, I'm now going to teach you the evolution of letting go. And our sutra for Shloka 4 is, be your best. Wherever you are now, you, if you're being your best tomorrow, you will be a better best and a better best. In Sanskrit, this word is called yoga. In Japanese, what is this word called? Kaizen. Kaizen means continuous improvement, perpetual betterment. Keep being your best. These four shlokas teach us what is calmness, the what. The next four shlokas we're going to study now is how. What is calmness? What is the path to calmness? But now we need, we need to know how. It's like someone saying, this is what good health is, but they don't tell you how. Then that's frustrating. Why did you even tell me? Now we focus on the how. And we are going to study four frameworks. Because all of us are intellectuals, we need systems, especially in this city. <laughs> we need codes and programming and robotics and Lego <laughs> to try to understand this. So four frameworks to teach us how to engage in Piaga. Teach us how to evolve, teach us how to find calmness. We begin with Shloka 20. How many Shlokas are in chapter 18? 78, the largest chapter of Srimad Bhagavad Gita. We're taking up a summary of a summary. Sarva Bhuteshu Ye Neikam. Bhavam Avyayam Ikshate. Avibhaktam vibhakteshu. Tagnanam vidisatvikam. Ikshate. 
I'm taking up the literal meaning. Ikshite means to see, but not with your eyes, with your intellect. When you use your eyes, it's called sight. When you use your intellect, it's called vision. Have the vision of avyayam, that which is infinite. Bhavam, this infinite reality, this infinite reality is eka, is one. Infinity can only be one, correct? Sarva bhuteshu yena, by which all beings are united, all beings are connected, all beings are present. Avibhaktam vibhakteshu, vibhakteshu, in the divided, I should try to have the vision of avibhakta, that which is undivided. We celebrate holy, right? In diversity, we should see unity. Tadjnanam, this is what is known as knowledge. Vidhi sattvikam, this is sattvic knowledge. So here's the first framework. How can I practice tyaga? How am I supposed to evolve or find calmness? With knowledge. And specifically, sattvic knowledge. What was the one word I said that describes sattva yesterday? Calmness. Rajas is aggressiveness. And tamas is laziness. So find calmness. How to be more sattvic. What does the Shastra have to say about this? Sattvic knowledge is a knowledge of oneness. Rajasic knowledge is a knowledge of differences. And Tamasic knowledge is a knowledge of impulse. Impulse. So Sattvic knowledge of oneness. Rajas knowledge of differences. And Tamas knowledge of impulse. So looking at this some more. Bhagavan Krishna is a male or a female? Male or female? You're saying male only in a conversational way. But there's no, there's no definitive way that we know Bhagavan Krishna is a male. Because he's greater or deeper than gender. There's a oneness. He's a, a human and not just a human. Whenever you see Bhagavan, you see him with animals like cows, correct? You see him in nature. Plants are there too. He's with clay pots. Stones are there too. Bhagavan, our creator, is oneness and knowledge that is of the oneness is that same divine or teaching of God. Oneness. When it comes to rajas, it's about differences. Differences in isms, but it's often deeper than that. I don't just see a difference in your gender, I see a difference in your income. And that income then I assign with intelligence, isn't it? You make less money, so you're probably dumber than I am. And then with intelligence, it becomes worth. You're less worthy than I am. You see how with just the difference in income, how much I'm projecting our differences. Yes? 
And tamas is a knowledge of impulse where I just don't like you. Why? I just don't. <laughs> that I see one facet of you and I make full judgment based on that. As an example, when you've ordered food at a restaurant and it takes too long, what do you do? If you've had a good day, I'm glad it took so long. I got to chat with the person around me. But if you're having a bad day, that person feels your wrath about how you're in superior and they are inferior. I pay for your check and you're bringing this food late. I want to speak to your manager. But what if they're having a bad day too? See how they didn't make the food. They're just bringing the food to you. But all I do is act on impulse. This is how I, my knowledge is. And I brand that whole person based on the fact that my food came slow, but really it's because I'm frustrated. It has nothing to do with that person. Tamas. How to find calmness? calmness? Be that sattvic person with that sattvic knowledge that sees the oneness, that we have bad days. That we're all humans, that we're all part of creation. At more of a samaj level, at a samaj level, we are living in a period where speed is power. Every phone company argues that they're, they have a faster network, correct? And every car company also says our engine can go faster, our battery can be charged quicker, our processor can engage in more, our hospital has lower emergency times. All about speed. You know what the Sanskrit word for speed is? Kali. Kali means fast. Kali means quarrel also. What period are we living in? Kali Yuga, no? Everything should be fast. When I put in a Google search and if it doesn't show up in 0 0.01 millisecond, how I start pulling my hair out, you know? I open seven other browsers. Even Internet Explorer I open. <laughs> In this age of speed, you can't see. When we were on a plane and Vyasa was, we were showing Vyasa outside the plane window, I told Sheila, don't show him, the plane's moving too fast. His eyes will, and brain will be hurt because he can't process everything that's going. With a ball, you have to slowly roll it to him because he has to develop that coordination. Sattvic knowledge is slowing down. I'm talking at a samaj level. We all want to find calmness in chaos. Slow down. Slow down the way you eat, the way you drive, the way you speak. Slow down your promotions. Slow down your friend circle. When you slow down, what can happen is you can step back then. If you slow down, you can step back. How do you get onto a bus in India? It's moving, correct? The bus is moving, the train is moving, but it's slow enough for you to get on and off, correct? But if it's going too fast, you can't get on and off, or if you do, <laughs> there's also problems that come with it. But if you slow down, you can step back. And if you step back, here's the third S, you can see more. Like even now, if I 
if I step to the back of the room, I can see all of you, correct? But if you're sitting here, you can't see everyone. Ikshate. Ikshate is, what are you doing? Who are you? Slow down, step back, see more. If you enjoyed what you heard or you want to learn more, share this episode with a friend or find us online at medium.com slash Vichara Gurukula. For those on the journey of self-development, Vichara Gurukula is a community forum that provides an opportunity to listen, reflect, and contemplate. This podcast is produced by the Young Adults of Chinmaya Mission, an international nonprofit working to transform individuals through the knowledge of Vedanta. Until next time, inspire, love, be.